just it doesn't cross my mind to send a mean email unless it's like that's the intention of the email but that's like once a year i wouldn't know how how do you send a mean email i don't even know what that means i'm apologizing in all my emails it's like the most precisely worded thing i ever have to do yeah and like i get paid to write but it's like i (laughs) i put way more effort into an email that's supposed to be mean is it like kind of sever ties or just kind of like you did this to me or like what what like you don't have to like get into super detailed but like yeah I think either you did you did this to me or stop doing this to me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, depending on if I want the relationship to continue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hmm. I can't say more. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll get I'll get in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no that's, that's absolutely fine. Well, speaking of uh, relationships, you want to continue? We're hosts, and Fran is our guest, and we're here to talk about Iron Maiden, Power Slave. Uh, today on I've Been Meaning to Listen to That. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Sean Wilkinson. And we're just going to get straight into it. We're going to cut all the filler from this episode. It's going to be a great time. Before we introduce our main guest, let's introduce our guest co-host this week. You might know her as the director of There May Be Ghosts. It's Diana Peters, everybody. Hi. Hi. Returning fave. Yay. Yeah, returning favorite. Like you did our Sweeney Todd episode. It was like, and we've been, we became good friends over like the last few months and stuff like that. So thank you for doing this. It really means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to be back. And I'm really happy to talk about metal because I am the biggest metal fan of all time. Wow. Like, nobody's a bigger metal fan than me. And I'm not lying. That rocks. On our, your first appearance, you actually like were up to in the lead up to your kind of film like premiering and stuff. Yeah. You had a showing in Chicago and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. we you had like like you know, an audience for both of those shows. And now you're like shopping it around to like festivals and stuff like that. But like what's yeah, how's it been like post like release and what's your life like these days? Uh, yeah, it's been honestly just like really <laughs> overwhelming. Uh, it's yeah, no, it's it's been super fun. Like, well, we sold out the first screening of the show, yeah, and we still pack the house on the second screening. So that was super super crazy, and we didn't get any like COVID super spreader cases from it. So we love that. We love being safe. You love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> it was like, this is in like September or something like that. It was yeah. October, yeah. October, yeah. Okay. And now I'm I'm just, I'm submitting to festivals. I've submitted to an embarrassing number. So I'm just waiting on a lot of uh, acceptances or rejections. We got our first festival acceptance to a festival in Albsby in Sweden. Whoa, oh my God. fun. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Yeah, I know. Like one I get into is like literally like the furthest I could go mm-hmm. but yeah it's in like rural Sweden <laughs> wow you know but yeah no things have been super fun with the film I'm just trying to look for more opportunities to get out in the world yeah I'm probably gonna start posting like TikToks and stuff yeah. of like the film and trying to kind of 
blow it up a little bit more but we've gotten such like a warm reception it's been awesome yeah you know any distributors listening (laughs) yeah right if you're you're a distributor (laughs) there may be ghosts it's very googleable at this point so you need to do like the green screen reaction tiktoks where you react your own movie as though you have like no connection to it and be like this scene's crazy Mm. i'm like what is this this? (laughs) these people are crazy you have like a groucho mustache literally me in the film (laughs) Yeah, it's like literally I'm in the film and I'm like, who is she? She's crazy. I don't know her. It could work. It could work. But TikTok, we've been talking a long while and not introducing our main guest. This is a guest that's been a long time coming. I'm super excited. She's a writer. She's been a writer on uh, publications such as Brightwall, Darkroom, Vulture, uh, Chicago Magazine, and uh, she has her own magazine coming out, Fran Magazine, which is very fun. Appearances on Blank Check. Uh, she's just super cool, super funny. It's Fran Hoffner, Hoffner everybody. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, so much for having Thanks for coming. Me. Huge, huge to get the Fran Magazine. <laughs> yeah. Blog. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, Fran Magazine has just been a joke on my Twitter for years. Anytime there's big media upheaval, I'm sort of like... I'll hire all these laid off people in Fran Magazine. These people are the editors in chief of Fran Magazine. I just think like we live in such a rough and tumble age of media publications <laughs> where they keep cropping up and failing so quickly. I'm like Fran Magazine will be a legacy publication. It's going to be like the first company. And it just got to be something that was so talked about and I wanted to just have a space to like blog essentially and write about stuff that I think about, mm. but that I don't have like the bandwidth to do 4,000 words on for Brightwall. And also like Brightwall is like a magazine, I think fittingly of like film admiration and to some extent worship. And I'm like, I need to be able to talk about stuff I hate in a more public space sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's not really fitting mm-hmm. for that magazine's ethos. So I want to be able to be a little meaner than I usually am too, because I think a lot of like, you know, media and entertainment overlap so much that people get quite afraid to be mean because they're like, well, I could work with this person in the future. It's like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. could, but it doesn't mean you can't criticize uh, something that is not great. So I just wanted to have, a space to have fun. Hell yeah. Like you wrote an article about the 355. Yeah. Your like uh, critique of it is like really funny and really in depth and stuff like that. You're just like poking all the holes and like, why is this makes no sense at all? It's just like fantastic. Can't wait to read more. Thank you. People who might be listening who know who you are know that you're a big film lover, a big film appreciator, also big film hater sometimes, occasionally. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But like, what is your relationship to music? Like, what is your, what is your music taste? Like, how does it play a role in your life and what, what this is, is always so fun for me to talk about with people who don't live with me or see me all the time i have like one of the most dysfunctional relationships to music ever i i have very little taste in at least like contemporary <laughs> music and i don't know a lot about music to a point where people think i i'm mm. doing some kind of insane arch bit where i don't know something that is common <laughs> knowledge and it's really yeah. it's like so i i grew up playing classical piano and i grew up playing mm. in like oh. youth symphonies and i was really involved in my like high school's music department and so i think in those prime years where everyone has these really intense relationships with music whether it's like whatever genre it is some of it interpreted from inherited from parents some of it i think 
in a social scene, like all of my friends played like classical music, essentially. And I played classical mm-hmm. music and I and I was in like really competitive programs where they were like kind of assholes to you if you ever dared to admit that you were listening to something that was not what you were supposed to be rehearsing. So like right up until like 2009, I would say I mostly listened to classical music. And then wow. I went to college and or like I started to drive. I started listening to pop radio. And then I went to college where I partied a lot. So like <laughs> maybe only until I was like 26 did I listen to maybe top 40 radio. And then in the past like four or five years, I've been trying to expand my knowledge of the canon. But like I went to I covered New York Film Festival for Brightwall this year. And there's this. Todd Haynes documentary on the Velvet Underground. I know one mm. Velvet Underground song. I was like, I bet this rocks <laughs> if you if you know this music. But it's like the kind of thing I watch where I'm like, wow, I don't. This could be good. It could be bad. Like I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> I I watch you know like the p- amazing Peter Jackson Beatles documentary Get Back. I think oh, prior yeah. to that, mm-hmm. I could probably confidently list 10 Beatles songs for you. Did you watch all of it? Yeah, I love that. I love oh, that wow. documentary and I had a huge little sort of month of Beatles only listing after that and I was like, mm. Beatles, mm. pretty good band and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, Because yeah, like one of the first episodes I did for the show was mm-hmm. Abbey Road and I was like, pretty good and then like I listened to it this week and I was like, oh, this a lot of smashes on this thing. Basically. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, they're, uh, who, they're who amazing. Like, I feel like the only artist I feel really confident. No, I mean, there were there were bands I knew about, and my parents listened to stuff. So, like, I grew up knowing a lot of like Billy Joel, and I'm still like a huge Billy mm-hmm. Joel guy. And stuff that feels kind of adjacent to classical, like ELO, has a huge oh, huge ELO's appeal great. to me. But there's a lot of just yeah. like canonical 20th century rock and just like i say contemporary music and one of my friends is like every time you call just like rock music or like even current music contemporary like that's so <laughs> insulting to do but that's sort of like from 1960 <laughs> onward it's all just a huge blind spot that i have been slowly but surely trying to like work to fill because otherwise sure. i it's like a lot of top 40 because i i commuted listening to pop radio and i go to a gym which plays awful pop radio and stuff like that so mm-hmm. this is these are all my blind spots i could have picked a number of bands you know? so iron maiden <laughs> is just one that you've been like meaning to kind of get into well my boyfriend and i drove down to virginia this summer and we used a car that only had like a cd player but he has this huge book of cds and my boyfriend loves mm-hmm. metal wow all- varieties of and he had a black sabbath cd and he was like i'm gonna put this on but if you hate this i mean every cd was like something i didn't know you know like <laughs> i'm gonna put on towns van sand and if you hate this we don't have to listen to it but like i now love towns van sand and so he put in black mm-hmm. sabbath and i was like oh this rocks this is amazing this is so good like this is not what what i understood this to be and he listens to a lot of metal and he makes some music. And so I, we have, to, we talk about it a lot, but I just don't have a lot of familiarity. And he was like, I think you would probably really like Iron Maiden because it's all history and literature mm-hmm. based songs. And everything is sort of like a reference to something else. It's not, you know, evil and scary is maybe what I thought <laughs> it was. And it's not atonal yeah. either. It's actually quite like musically complex yeah. and, more adjacent to classical than anyone would give it 
credit for. Maybe people have been giving oh, it absolutely. credit for, but as as a completely ignorant person, uh, then I give it credit mm-hmm. for. So yeah, that's how I that's how I came to this. And this album seems pretty revered. So I wanted and it's like yeah. I, maybe I knew two minutes to midnight. And that's all I could tell mm-hmm. you I knew from this. That's the thing is like with a lot of metal, it's like I th- maybe think I've heard this song before, but they all kind of sound very similar. So it's like hard to tell if I really heard well, it before. Well, that's that. But... I'm like, am I allowed to say that like, you know, it's like I probably still could not. I've listened to this album a ton this week, but I think yeah, if I heard a different band, I don't know that I could distinguish them <laughs> yeah, very yeah, easily. Exactly. It's like the Metallica, like ACDC, Iron Maiden like uh black sabbath like they all as a as a novice as like a dumb dork who doesn't know things like they all kind of like run together for me um but like diana you said you're like you know the biggest metal fan metalhead like you you could ever know in life like what is your yeah like what is your experience with like metal music and like metal slash rock music this this feels like a hybrid of both of them a little bit yeah i should probably come clean i have never listened to metal before in my entire life (laughs) What? Wow, I bought it. <laughs> I don't know. I was, just, I was just doing a bit. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have like no experience with metal and it's super not a genre I'm into. I'm really big into classic rock though. And so I've kind of wanted to dive into stuff like this more. And I'm actually really big into like like rock music of the 80s and stuff. Just like not <laughs> this kind of rock music. Um, I was very much like raised on rock that's a little gentler and a little bit more um like... I've just I've been spoiled by like really good vocals and stuff, honestly. Like like my parents raised me on like Pink Floyd mm-hmm. and Led Zeppelin and I'm really into actually the Velvet Underground is probably my favorite band. Like so all of that kind of stuff I really like. Embarrassingly, I'm like a huge <laughs> Smiths fan, I guess you could call it begrudgingly. And so that's kind of more the 80s music that I listen to. And it's ironic because, you know, they're both like British and they were both making music in the same exact era. The hardest music I listen to is like Nirvana and Hole and stuff. And like, I like some like more 90s, like grungy, angry music, but I don't really listen to music that's like angry and intense. I'm just a very sensitive Pisces. I don't know. I can't. (laughs) I I, just, I don't like to feel like I'm being yelled at, <laughs> especially men. Maybe if it was like a woman singer yelling at me, like I'd maybe I'm kind of into that. <laughs> but yelling men make me want to cry. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about a lot of metal. Sure. Uh, yeah, like and, and, and Sean, like what is like we never covered a metal no. album on this podcast. Like, but what, what's your experience? I think the most experience I have with metal is from like Guitar Hero and like the rock band games oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, which I think is where I'm like, maybe I've heard these songs before. I don't really know. Yeah, but it's also like possible. kind of what yeah. Diana was saying, like this music feel, it, it's it's metal, but it feels very like classic rock, like, like glam, mm-hmm. it's glam metal kind of. Like I was listening to this and Kai was like, this is this is dad rock. Mm. Like not- <laughs> very, very queen adjacent, yeah. you know, yeah. too. You know. And I think they yeah. like Yeah. They, I think Queen had them like open for them at a concert one time or something. Uh mm-hmm. but yeah, it feels like, very like big ha- like big it was the eighties, I guess. So like yeah, big hair, like big showmanship. Leather pants, like oh, leather yeah. leather stripey pants and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like big asses, leather pants. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> big dump truck asses (laughs) like on stage oh lord (laughs) when i think of metal like i think of like 
I generally think of like Black Sabbath and like Slayer. Like I think of heavier metal, basically. I listened to Black Sabbath's first album after this, and I was like, oh, I like this a lot more. And I also do kind of like the themes of like occultism and stuff. And I felt like I expected that from this album, and I didn't get that. It's just a lot of talking. Like this album's just a lot of talking about like fighting and war. And I'm like, okay, that's. I don't really have any interest in that. So I'm more interested in the metal that's like devil worshiping to some degree. <laughs> uh, yeah, not a lot of devil worship on no, this one. No, not really. Like, you know. uh, I don't know. I just think it's fun and like it's th- that kind of mu- that kind of side of music is something I don't listen to a lot. So it's like I was hoping to get that and kind of explore that a little bit more, but. I don't know. This was this was a fun listen, though. I will say, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like I was making mac and cheese last night, listening to this for the first time, and was like, "Oh yeah, put the mac in the pot." <laughs> Most like, metal activity. You it was a good time. It made things like a lot more fun. Like pumped yeah, me up. I listened to this working out today, this morning. I was yeah. like, "No, this is this is what this it's is for." It's great for working out. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like. St- Try to do my. I was like, try to like write some things earlier today. I was like, this is this is at a ten, this is at an eleven. This is too much. Uh, like, I need to like punch a mirror or something. But yeah, like, so my relationship to like, I'll just quickly go through like my like rock and roll first a little bit. It's just like to me, rock and roll feels like a bygone era, like a band where like you know, there's like. I get the feel. I get the same feeling when I look at like dinosaur bones and stuff like that. You know, just like can't believe that was a thing. You know, just like and like they're definitely artists today taking elements from rock and roll and metal and stuff like that. But I don't like and like there is that like poster of like the when we were young thing where like oh look at all these like punk oh, yeah. and you know yeah. all that stuff like you know like <laughs> oh there's there's still like people like with big followings who kind of fall under that genre maybe a little bit like maybe more in the punk scene. But it feels a little more splintered off and like kind of democratized than usual. It doesn't really feel dangerous anymore because our parents listen to it. And like, you know, it doesn't feel like scary or dangerous. But like on an episode of this show where we had Adam Schatz on, he's from the band Landlady, uh, he came on. We did an episode on Queen, and I was like, I don't like rock music. I don't like it when they go. Like, I don't care. I don't like that very much. And then I like. And then I was like, no, nah, like, but I like, you know, I, I'm in love with my car. I like that song where he's like, he talks about like wanting to have sex with his car and stuff like that. And he was like, you like rock music. You like to rock. But yeah, like, I, so like, I just had to like, like all my preconceived notions and stuff like that. Like, you know, when, when listening to this, cause when I first listened to this, I did not like it very much. I was like, this is, cause it literally starts with dun, 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 like uh, the, yeah, the idea I had in my head of it. Can I also say too, real quick, I think part of like, metal for me was that metal itself is very like there's like yeah there's a lot of like subgenres of it but when i think of like certain bands i mm-hmm. think of certain types of people and like for some reason everyone i've met who's like really into black sabbath mm-hmm. is like really cool and kind and down to earth i feel like the people i've met that are really <laughs> into like iron maiden or like metallica are really into and we see it on this album but like really into war and so I'm like, I don't really want to associate with you or associate with this music. And I think that was kind of part I, of it. On a similar note, I associate it with similar stuff as far as adults go. But, like, for whatever reason, I, like, solely associate Iron Maiden with, like, eighth grade boys <laughs> when in, like, like a Target graphic tee. Mm-hmm. 
that says Iron Maiden on it. And if you told me that like, hey, Diana, actually Iron Maiden was never a real band. There's no <laughs> songs. It's just a really popular like graphic tee for eighth grade boys. I would be like, yeah, OK, I believe that yeah. up until yesterday. So, yeah, I feel like there's there's a very specific energy. They made it up for like Beavis and Butthead or something. <laughs> like, yes. Completely fictionalized. Yes. I Because... I have almost no functional understanding of modern music. I've never been able to like super discriminate of like a band's fans or whatever <laughs> this like I do this now with some contemporary stuff. Like I can do this with like whoever's hot in the last 6 months. I can be like people who like this current artist drive me insane, but like I mm-hmm. anything from like growing up or even people I meet now with like older music, I'm like I can I can't tell what this person is going to be sure. like. As close as I can say to like the like black Met, like Black Sabbath, like Iron Maiden. It just it's just that like I mean, my parents are very anti-tattoo when I was growing up, and I've just learned almost uh, like the more tattoos someone has, usually the nicer they are. Yeah, literally. <laughs> my like my brother plays hardcore music. He got his like first tattoo like in our basement, like with my mom watching. So like, yeah, like hardcore and metal and stuff has like a history through like through my brother and so i've met a lot of his friends who are really into certain types of metal and i either like love them or hate them so i was just gonna say i have 10 tattoos and i'm oh okay very antagonistic I, mean, I think you just don't have enough <laughs> yeah you like, need you know? more true. to, be, to like true. become kinder yeah <laughs> don't tempt her i have no tattoos i'm the worst person you you could ever meet but yeah like and then like with metal like the only experience i have with like metal music is i had a lot of like goth metal head friends and uh, middle school and high school and stuff like that and like um i was kind of like it, it, it kind of looked like that meme with like two, the two houses where i was like super like like in high school and like middle school like i was like a super christian kid i was kind of like hey what's up everybody and, like i was like really like uh so it was like the meme with like the two houses like the pink house and like the black metal house and stuff like that um but yeah, like like I said, like I was like, I was like equally drawn and repulsed at the same time because I was like super Christian. I was like, oh, these seem satanic. But like once I got to know them better, they're like really sweet, really nice people. And also just like there's an element of just like, oh, it's not meant to be taken 100 percent serious, like the the satanic elements and stuff like that, you know, and have them having like black ooze like dripping from their mouths when they perform and stuff like that. It's, it's like it's performance. It's also like not meant it's like. You know, when a metal frontman says, like, I'm going to drink your blood or whatever, he probably doesn't mean it. <laughs> and then, talking about Norwegian um, black metal, then they might mean it. Yeah, or or Army Hammer. That's true. Um, oh, no. but, and then also, like, and then just also, like, I like that they found a way to, like, express themselves, like, you know, based on their upbringing and stuff like that. And I was a little jealous of that. So that's my experience with, like, metal and rock and roll. But let's get into Iron Maiden specifically. What is your... what? Any other like um, preconceived notions on Iron Maiden themselves, really? Before we get into themes, no. Okay. I couldn't have ever told you if they were like British yeah, or American. No. You know, I do nothing. <laughs> yeah. What? Right. If you're a teenage dirtbag, you might listen to Iron Maiden, and mm. I really like that song, and I don't really like Iron Maiden, so. I didn't do a lot of research on Iron Maiden, really. The five members of the band around this time are Bruce Dickinson, Dave Murray, Adrian Smith, Steve Harris, and Nico McBrain. Like, but. So, like I said, I didn't do a lot of research on this. I kind of, like, read it more. Just, like, they made this album, and then they, like, went on this world slavery tour, which, like, it ran 11 months, and they... <laughs> <laughs> Not the 
world slavery right. tour. <laughs> right. just, a, just a thing you couldn't do now. You know? yeah, like, Arguably, right. you couldn't do it then either. But they did. I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it then. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, but... The, and they also, like... Because, like, there's a lot of Egyptian iconography on the album, on the album cover. But there's also, like, when they perform the show, they would wear, like, Mayan masks and stuff like that. Like, the the front, like, Bruce Dick- Dickerson would wear, like, this Mayan mask. And people would be like, that's not from that. You know, so, like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like they, um, it's like, oh, no, Africa, different country. It's pretty, <laughs> like, basically. Exotic foreign thing. <laughs> yeah, like, the papyrus font and stuff. So, yeah, like, they did that show and that show like kind of revolutionary revolutionized like stagecraft and stuff like that like it was it's a i saw some youtube videos it's like really really cool to like watch and stuff like that but like there's not a lot on this album like what the text of the album actually i couldn't find a lot on that what do you guys think this album was about oh i mean i spent i spent a lot of time reading lyrics this is so just like the struggle the struggle of man the common mm-hmm. regular man it all feels very i'm like do any of these guys know about like age of empires they would love it <laughs> they would have a lot of fun pc gaming i think <laughs> right i mean there's a lot of like allegory and historical stuff and just being like i don't know that it's like it's about war but i don't think it's like pro War. I don't I think, think it's, it's like war. Yeah. it's like we need war to help like or like I think it's like people should uprise against the man you know it's very mm. angry but I think it's more angry about oppression than it is mm. like, I feel like it's very like like it's it's trying to be like you know big inspirational music to like you know it's like hype up for the revolution but the revolution is just like fighting some dude named Rodney behind a Denny's at like 4 a.m. <laughs> I feel like it's that kind of energy. And it's also like, I read some of the lyrics too, because some of it, I just, I don't know if you guys had this problem, but I had a really hard time just like deciphering it, listening. So I'm like, wow, I should probably find out what this is about. Oh, just like without lyrics. like Yeah. yeah. There's a song called Flash of the Blade. And it's like, you'll die as you live in a flash of the blade. In a corner forgotten by no one, you live for the touch, for the feel of the steel, one man in his honor. And like this, I'm. it dawned on me when I read that. I'm like, this is literally like, while you were all partying, I studied the Blade, the album. Like, if right. you're familiar with that uh, meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's for that person. Hey, that guy needs music too. That guy needs an album too. Like, he for does. Him. I'm not trying to put like, anybody down. I... I want to be that person, quite frankly. <laughs> I just don't like the music associated with it. I did also, like, I think, I can't remember if it was a video I watched on the album or if I actually read about it, but I remember hearing that, like, Bruce Dickinson, because hearing that song, I was like, oh, this is really, like, intense. They're talking, like, this is, like, medieval or, like, what, a, it's very intense. And then I watched the video and they were like, oh, Bruce Dickinson was really into fencing. And so he wrote these songs about, like, fencing or something like yeah. that and i was like about like dying by the blade like, <laughs> that's so interesting these guys are a bunch of dorks yeah but they're so mad <laughs> yeah. and they don't know what to do with all their facts <laughs> right so they're like i gotta scream about my facts my grandma's she's almost 93 but in her day she was a really really successful fencer so i'm gonna show her this album and see if she survived. She's it. gonna spring back and <laughs> like Uncle, like Charlie or whatever. Like what's his name? Like Uncle, like from the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like uh, uh 
It's not Uncle Ben. About, it's um, Uncle Charlie. George? No, no, no. Uncle, no, he's Charlie. It's not Char. It's not Uncle Charlie. Grandpa, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. It's like, Grandpa Joe, <laughs> the villain of the movie. Who would also? Grandpa Joe would fucking love this album. Grandpa would Joe like, would be stealing fizzy lifting drinks and singing about the blade. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I view this album as like very much like a satire, like kind of, um, you know, kind of how like uh, Born in the USA is a. Uh, you know, got is an anti-war song that got got co-opted by like dummy, like dumb patriot type people, and is like kind of like, no, we're born in the USA, but it's also mm-hmm. like it's more just like the Vietnam War is bad. I don't like it. It makes me feel bad and stuff like that. Um, it so makes like me this feel bad. <laughs> That's what people said about the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah, this makes me unhappy. This does not spark joy. <laughs> like this... we got a Marie Kondo this war. <laughs> But like it's like it's um it's about like fighter pilots and soldiers and sword fighters and pharaohs and stuff like that and just like kind of depicting them like a like a series of short stories basically mm-hmm. and like it's like all, all kind of tied together just like look how ridiculous and it's like portrayed so over the top it's kind of like so I kind of view it as satirical just like look at these weirdos look at these guys who are just like I died by the blade this is my life I'm you know, all that stuff like it it feels very um. satirical i don't know if like so like sean to sean's point just like yeah these guys seem super into war and stuff like that like i don't think it's that but it's also like i bruce dickinson at one point said something to the effect of it's about how we're like we're you know scared of war and it's terrible and it makes me feel bad but also like that it's like kind of like we're kind of drawn to it at the same time like man look at all these people fighting and stuff like that that that's kind of what i take from it what do you what do you guys think though well also to that point too it's funny when like if they are very if these songs are very like actually anti-war and stuff like that it's it's even funnier when people like the metalheads are like oh yeah like war like it's like you (laughs) didn't even like listen to the song really but it's you know? to be fair like how do you listen to these lyrics like just like unless you're like reading the lyrics at, yeah. like on genius or like like opening up the vinyl or something genius like in that. the like, 80s it's simple <laughs> yeah they had to wait i just also think we used to be better at listening we like i think that's true like i mean i i don't have science or anything to back me up on this i'm really just sort of spitballing but i think like we're so distracted now not to be like mm-hmm. we're all on our phones i always think about like the tim robinson sketch where he's in the hot dog costume and it just spirals <laughs> into him being like we're on our phones too much like i think this happens to me like six times a day where i'm like i don't think it would be like this if we weren't on our phones so much but like i think with less distraction you would like you collectively myself included like would be able to decipher this more easily because we just would be better active listeners. Yeah. But like, I also think it's something you can just like train yourself to be able to do. And like, this is conversations I have with friends about like classical music. I'm like, I can hear like a, a classical cue, like in a movie. And like, even if I can't tell you specifically, this is, this is Beethoven and it's opus this. It's like, mm. I can definitely almost certainly tell you what country this is from mm. and about a 25 year era that it's from just without having anything in front of me in a way that just like, I think this is also learned. So because this is like so new to me, I'm like, it's incomprehensible, but (laughs) I bet if I did the sweep of like, I mean, I had this also when I had sort of my month of Beatles stuff, like it never struck me 
knowing about the Beatles prior to the Beatles doc, that different Beatles sang different songs mm. or that there were different combos of them on different songs. So I was like, oh, they all sound the same yeah. to me. All the Beatles. I think I thought they were all sung by John. I was like, they're all John. And now I'm much better at being like, oh, this is a John one. This is a Paul one. This is a George one. Mm-hmm. The only band I still struggle to do this with, despite listening to a lot, is One Direction. Some of those guys I really cannot mm-hmm. tell apart. Yeah. Three of them sound exactly the same, but 1D fans don't want to hear this from me. Well, and I think, too, like, to your point of, like, we listen to music differently now, like, yeah, I think back in, like, 70s, 80s, like, getting records in music was, like, a moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to go, like, sit down and listen to this. Like, yeah. put on headphones, like, lay in my room, listen to this record. B- Bill Clinton, um, just like, you know, the yeah, Bill Clinton team. <laughs> crying a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think, like, back in the, the olden days, it was more of an event to, like, get a record and listen to it and, like, decipher it, kind of. Whereas now yeah. it's like, like I said, I was listening to this album while making food. So it's like, I wasn't really processing it. Mm-hmm and like listening quite as hard as I probably should have been. So yeah, I think we, I think now we listen to music like so distractedly. So it's, it's harder to decipher, you know, like the lifespan of like an, like an album, even if it's like great, it's like, or like, you know, when everyone was talking about succession every week or everyone was talking about just like squid game or like uh, Spider-Man, like it's just like, you get like a week to talk about it. Like everyone on Twitter gets to talk about it for a week. And then we're like, then like, okay, let's move on to this new thing that came out. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's no time to like, it could have been like the most like life changing, like piece of art in the world, but it's just like, Oh, we gotta, you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep moving and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I don't like how it like, Again, like it's like to Fran's point of like not wanting to sound annoying, like, oh, content is ruining our nation and stuff like that, <laughs> our sensibilities. But like it feels like it, 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 it can be like I, I romanticize the idea of just like, you know, sitting down, putting on headphones, like dropping the needle on the vinyl and like looking at the lyrics, like as if it were, it were like a book or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really Same. like. Although you know, you know, people were more racist back then, so like, I guess that's better that 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 now we're a li- that's a little better. But anyways, uh, <laughs> like, any other themes? Any other uh, things you want to point out about like what this album is actually about? No, say so move on to highlights and lowlights. Yeah, let's do that right after this break. Click. Uh, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to I've been meaning to listen to that. Uh, we're here with Diana Peters and Fran Hoffner. Yeah, let's get into some highlights of this album. Fran, what was a highlight song that you enjoyed? Oh, I have two answers for this. I mean, like, list, like I love Two Minutes to Midnight. It's the one I'm pretty sure I knew ahead of time. And I just love yeah. the song. I think it bangs. I love listening to it. But I definitely want to talk about Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which is probably not something I would put on and be like, to like hype myself up, but I think it's like amazing that a song like this is on a record. Absolutely, know? yeah. It was their longest song like to date as well. I was really worried it was gonna be like thirteen minutes of just pure like riffs and, but they like change it up really nicely. There's like different like movements, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Yeah, it reminds but... me of Queen. Yeah, like this is probably yeah. the classical. Like this is probably like the classical like the move how like they like. Classical music has like these movements and stuff like that. Like, right. Yeah. It definitely. It feels like. Yeah. Queen. Yeah. It feels like. And a it queen made me song. think about how mm-hmm. how poetry and music are not as in conversation as maybe they should be. Mm. In like the Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride, like extended. They have Jude Law read that poem. 
Lord Ullen's daughter over a track. And I was like, this is a cool thing to do. I wish this was on the main album because I don't think it's as niche or weird a thing as they think it is. I just, I, I, I don't like spoken word stuff over music, really. That's not my taste. But I, I can see where it like has its place and it's can take the poetry to it like a, ne- a next level, you know. But for me, it's not, it doesn't work for me. But, but this song, I like, yeah, I fuck with this song a lot. It's, it's banging. This one I didn't like very much, probably for that reason you were talking about. Cause like I am, you know, I am not as like well read. I am like, I need to like, I listened to an audiobook last week. I was very proud of myself. But like, other than that, like, I like, I, I could afford to like read more poetry and like stuff like that. Like, and like, I was like just very lost listening to it and like reading the lyrics and stuff like that. I wasn't quite sure what it was about. So like even on a level of like just kind of like banging my head going like, yeah, this is cool. Like I couldn't even do that as much because I just like felt like dumb and stuff like that. Cause like the guy, the band members were like, Hey, if this like gets them to read a little more poetry, that's awesome, man. You know, but like, it's like, I, I just like coming in cold with something like this, like, I was I was struggling a little bit. I was like with the other songs, they're they're just more like allusions to literature and allusions to stories and stuff like that. I love Power Slave. Like for example, I love Power Slave. I think that song is rocks. So that that song is awesome. But like, rhyme of the Ancient Mariner felt a little. It felt like you were stuck at a party with like a guy you didn't want to talk to a little bit. Just like you're like, oh boy, this guy's tough. Like so, like that that was my experience. Fran, what do you make of this song? Basically, like the content of it and stuff. Of Power Slave? Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Oh, I just think it's like, it's almost, I mean, it's poetic. It's like a folk song to me. And I think it's about feeling lost and then, I don't know, growing content with said lostness to like work your way back. It feels very like anthem or fanfare of the common man in a sense. And I think it feels genuine in that expression. It doesn't feel like they're sort of bullshitting like we're all in this together. It's like sometimes you are alone and that is and lost and that is sort of a journey unto itself that should be treated with Hmm. respect yeah Yeah, i did not enjoy the song at all i listened to it two or three times to try to like fully absorb it and i just kept zoning out which is usually an indication that like Mm. you know something's really not my thing if i can't even like i was like oh god it happened and i wasn't paying attention okay this time for real and then i would like listen to it and then I'd be like, that speck on my wall is crazy right now. And just like get distracted, <laughs> you know, like literally anything. I can definitely appreciate music that does that kind of like creative storytelling of taking you on like a whole long, extensive journey of like musically that where there's so much of the music is like changing as it goes. And there's like the spoken word and there's the instrumental and it's like, you know, kind of its own self-contained little like rock opera or whatever, but not hmm. my, not, not not quite for me. I also like kind of like am bold and like just like impressed by the ballsiness that this is the last song on the album. This feels like mm. something you would put as the centerpiece in the middle, basically, because like Power Slaves feels like the perfect ending to the album. But just like that, that song's about like a pharaoh who's like kind of like rebelling against wanting to die and stuff like that. Like that like makes sense of terms of like 
the album's about war, the album's about like the pointlessness of war, how ridiculous it is and stuff like that. And at the end, we see this pharaoh who's like in charge of everything go like, I'm dying, no, and stuff like that. Like that makes sense. That like kind of makes sense to me. But like this, it felt like kind of like, I don't know. Like that was that, that was just my experience. It's interesting that it comes at the end and it almost makes it feel optional. Yeah, exactly. Just like, if you want what this is, it's yours. <laughs> but if you just want to start the album over, that's fine. I think album structure is so interesting. And in the past like year or so, I've become very anti-shuffle unless mm-hmm. I'm listening to a playlist. But otherwise, if I'm on an album, I'm like, I'm listening to this the way they yeah. want me to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost wish this was given a more prominent place in the album to yeah, make exactly. it more of a priority and make it more of a task. I also don't think I don't think losing focus during a song is necessarily a terrible thing or like a sign of dislike. I think dislike is only when you're like I have to turn this off. I recognize that you have to listen for like the <laughs> the nature of the pod, but like I feel like in when I was like learning to listen to classical they were like, if the classical music puts you to sleep or you just start having like crazy zoned out thoughts, like that's not bad. It's not a bad mm. thing to do. It's just letting your brain kind of exercise, and that's totally wow. fine. That rules. Yeah. It's not really a bad way to listen to music, per se. Yeah, I agree. I think I I was tuning it out, I think, mm. which was okay. Like, but, you know, I, I get what you're saying, though. I totally do. And maybe that there is something kind of, like, profound about the way a song, even if you don't like it, might, like, change. Like, that's probably still impacting the way, like, you know, your brain is processing information around you and stuff. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. I just watched, have you guys seen The Piano Teacher? Uh, no, I've not seen film? that yet, no. Scary. No, but I want Scary, to. intense, bad, horrible yeah. vibes. Some of the worst vibes of all time. <laughs> She's like talking to a young student who says something dismissive about Anton Bruckner, German composer who writes these really long symphonies, like 75 minutes long. And he's like, oh, Bruckner is bad. And she's like, you say that because you're young. And it's like, I know what she means because, like, when you listen to something that has no words for 80 minutes, just your brain goes crazy. And either you're like, I can't deal with this, or you're like, I'm just going to vibe and think about whatever, and I'll go in and out of focus. And it does take this, like, weird kind of, like, mental, to, like, break down this mental barrier. It's like meditating, Mm -hmm. I guess. I I do. I will say I like the song instrumentally. I think it's, like, first of all, I Mm -hmm. I like that, like, Power Slave is, like, is the first song we kind of get a breather a little bit like there's that little intro like kind of it every song starts like up to until like Power Slave and uh the Mariner song like it starts at an 11 basically and it's just like and then like the next song like it kind of just like it like it's really 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 intense and then I like in the middle of Mariner there's this really soft beautiful like like yeah we can make beautiful music too it doesn't have to always be super aggressive and obviously even those other songs are melodic and like you know there's like melodic interplay and like you know uh, harmonies and stuff like that but it's like it's less like aggressive and just like meditative and thoughtful and like hey let me read you this poem (laughs) like like for a second Mm -hmm. yeah uh sean what's a highlight for you i think based like solely on the vocals uh two minutes to midnight Mm, is like rules (laughs) It's like I never thought that I would listen to metal and be like, these are beautiful vocals. Yeah. Like, it was very surprising. Um, and the energy of it is just like banging. Like, it pumps me up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's pr- that's probably my favorite song on the record. Um, I actually did like the instrumental song. I like that too. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just a nice like 
it was a nice change of pace. But like, yeah, it was still like upbeat. But I don't know. I I think that's kind of how I like a lot of metal, mm-hmm. or I think that's how I prefer a lot of metal to some degree. Is just like instrumental. Yeah. But and you can find it. I, it's, it's out there. Like I'll yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing I'm trying to like learn. Is like I'm not gonna dismiss this entire genre if I don't like this one album and stuff like that. Well, and I feel like I'm like contradicting myself because I'm like, oh, I love the vocals on Two Minutes of Midnight, but also I love instrument. Like You're, I don't you contain multitudes. It's fine. It can be both. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Dual- duality of man. Duality of man. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. I really. I really like Lost for Words. And first of all, just like the title is like, it's it's very like, it's tongue in cheek. It's supposed to be silly a little yeah. bit. Um, I, I just love their, their, the chemistry of these five guys is so, so, so impressive. Like just like the fact that this is probably recorded, like, and they perform this so many times live and this was probably recorded live. That's what I say when I go to five guys and the burger's really great. The chemistry of these five guys is great. <laughs> That's what I say every time I go to Five Guys. <laughs> like, I have the chemistry here is just working. <laughs> what are they, Walter White over here? Um, the employees it's like, would love to hear that. I'm <laughs> just saying. Mm, mm, mm. But I like it's like just really satisfying that they found each other, all these five members of the band. Um, because like when you watch the live show, like the drummer has like. 20 symbols and stuff like that and if it feels just like one guy with like 20 symbols be like look at this virgin weirdo nerd like but like the fact that there's like five of them and like they like like look at all my drums and then it's like the guitar the, the guitars is just like look at my guitar with three necks and then like the singer's like look at me sing like this and like they just like all got together That's and they're so in sync and they're anticipating each other's like rhythms and stuff like that and they're their chemistry is like they know when to like riff and they know when to like, like let me shine this time. And I go, okay, let me pull it back. Let me do like I think that's just like really apparent in Lost for Words and a lot of these. I'm just like, how do they drum that fast? How do they like? How do they mm-hmm. do the bass like that quickly and stuff like that? That's just like <laughs> these guys are just like dorks that are like masters at their craft and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Diana, what's a highlight? Do you have a highlight song? Yeah, I really actually enjoyed Back in the Village. It's kind of like, mm. it was like boys are back in town, but for like um, heavy metal himbos. <laughs> yeah, which I, I really like that. I like at the end too, where it's like back in the village, back in the village, like really, really fast. Like So yeah, that was, I actually enjoyed that a lot. I think a lot of people, like I remember I was reading about the album, and a lot of people, that's, like, their least favorite song. But Well, they're wrong. I, I did enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. And I don't know, some of the some of these songs really wear on me quickly. I'm sort of, like, I don't know. I don't have the most, like, um, sophisticated music taste. And I tend to like music that I find, like, catchy for whatever reason. Or maybe I like music that's, like, basic, I guess, as far as, like, like complexity of like, you know, the actual composition itself. But I found a lot of songs just like wearing on me quickly because I either found them like too repetitive or like I couldn't follow a thread of like, like that catchiness that I personally look for in the music I like. So a lot of songs on this album would come close to being something I'd like, but there would be some specific motif or I'm not even sure, like just some... Uh, we'll just say motif and it would lose me and like the repetition of it would like oh god I have to change songs this is make me want to like this this drive me a little crazy but I felt like back in the village power slave and two minutes to midnight all were like the exceptions for me as far as that goes 
Listening to this album, I was like, I think these guys would like me, you know, <laughs> which I don't feel a lot of the time when I listen to music. I'm like, I think we'd sort of vibe. What makes I mean, like, what makes you say that? Uh, oh, I think I'd have fun talking about history. Oh, okay. with them. oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think they they're like guys who love to learn like one fucked up fact. <laughs> and then talk about that fact for like an hour and I'd be like that is so fucked up I love people like that that's who you want to talk to at the party people who read stuff on like At- Atlas Obscura right and they're like I just read this insane Atlas Obscura article and I'm like no tell me everything like everyone who sh- there's like that New York Times article yesterday about that female monkey in Japan who like overthrew her kingdom like oh. I would I would oh it's crazy she like overthrew her kingdom and is now the ruler of like 700 monkeys but she's in a love triangle and it might oh, and might throw her. it all away well it's 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 very te- it's very tenuous girl boss but i'm like girl boss. i could talk about this for three hours and i feel like these guys are sort of on that on mm. that beat like deep dive bros kind of i like the lyricism of two minutes to midnight the lines are just like, and the as madmen play on words and make us all song dance to their song to the tune the starving millions making to make a better type of gun like stuff like that is like really intense and like really really cool like the golden goose is on the loose and never out of season like kind of like <laughs> he doesn't say it that way but like like he should if think about it man to me like outside <laughs> of the song like if someone went up to me and was like. Oh, what's the lyric? If uh, they're like, "Blood is freedom stain," or "Blood is freedom stain," I'd be like, That's "Okay, cool I know." Too. Like, calm down. I I understand how war works. Like, yes, blood is. But freedom it's also stain. like they make it digestible by putting it in a song, basically. You know, so it's like it works on just a visceral, emotional level, just like yeah. yeah. But it also works on a like if you like want to read it, if you want to like dive into articles, if you want to really do the work, it. It works on that level too, basically. Mm. I think that's kind of cool. Mm. Again, it's just, it's theater. It's like the guy doesn't, he probably doesn't talk like, blah, 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 like, just like as he, like, if he goes to like Trader Joe's or something like that, he's just like, it's like he's playing a character. He's like, it's theatrical. It's so theatrical. Yeah. And like the guy's literally like wearing a mask and like playing a character is like very, very much like the precursor to like, I could see where like Kanye got inspiration for like some of the Yeezus stuff. I like the point of just like, yeah, we're all like the one just like war makes us power slaves, quote unquote, that like, you know, soldiers like we're, we're like under the control of like the government, blah, blah, blah. But also like at the end of the day, like the um, pharaoh, like the person in charge is a power slave in that he will die and everyone is a slave to everyone will die eventually like even the most evil person you could ever know like that person will die too and it's like i think that's kind of a again i wish this was the ending song i wish this is like and like you said i wish like maybe like mariner was a little more pro- like in the middle just like the set piece in the middle just like to really like meditate on like it feels like a thesis of the album but i just like again because it was tacked on the end because it's so long because it just went over my head. I just, like, I felt like I was missing something. I mean, I think it was really interesting to listen to this in context of how, I think in music and in TV and in film, at least in this present era, we seem to really value, like, autofiction and stuff that is maybe only, like, one degree separated from, like, what is actually happening. So you read the lyrics of someone's album or you watch someone's movie and then you have to be like, well, you know, in real life, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I, like, dive into, like, the lyrics on something like Power Slave or, like, 
um, two minutes to midnight. And I'm like, what, what is happening in his life that he wrote this song? It's like, that's not what this is. This is like, so separated from self. There's such a creative boundary that I also mm-hmm. like, as a much more private person now, I'm like, that's so sick to be like, yeah, this isn't about my life. This is like the, the emotions are from my life, but this is, this is about war. This is about battle. This is about doomsday. Yeah. And it's all storytelling. That. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just like exploring what he's interested in and just like, kind of like, um, he refuses to call this like a concept album. He's just like, this is just an extension of my creativity, like our creativity at the moment. You know, this is just like what we're thinking about. This is just like, you know, the characters we want to play and stuff like that. Like the, these are the books we're reading and stuff like that. Again, like a bunch of like cool dorks. This is like off the cusp, but it's like, it's so funny that they recorded this album in the Bahamas. I think <laughs> They did? They did. Yeah. yeah. They went down to the Bahamas and they like, there's like a story of like the manager, like they're all hanging out of the pool and the manager is like shoving the members into the pool and they're all just like having a fun time. And then, it's just it's an interesting like side by side of like then they go into the studio and just like are screaming. Any lowlights? Any lowlights? Any songs? Moments? Kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like any songs, moments, aspects of the album that you did not enjoy as much. Fran, we turn to you first. You know, the Duelists is one that didn't do much for me on both first and second listen. I was listening to it like right before we started again. And I was like, it's, I don't even think it's bad for whatever reason. This is the one that like takes, it just doesn't fully click. I agree. It's me. hard to like, it is hard to hate it though, because it's like, it is, we already said it. It's so theatrical that it's like, Oh, they're just kind of having fun. Like none of these songs. I don't, I don't hate any of these songs, you know, like full listen through. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, Duelist is like, it didn't stick with me. I don't really care about like subject matter. Like it's fine. It's not my favorite, but it's fine. Yeah. Earlier when I was talking about like repetitive motifs, I was kind of like thinking of the Duelists, which I, I liked it. Yeah, that one's tough for me. I feel like maybe if I listened to this album more, I could kind of like, I don't want to say make myself like it, but sort of like, I think that sometimes like just opening yourself to something a little bit more, you can sort of pick up on these kind of like more acquired tastes, which I think maybe that's sort of what this might be to me is like a a bit of an acquired taste. And I could maybe see myself liking a lot of these songs more upon more listens, maybe even including that song. But yeah, that said, Duelists was, uh, there's like a, I I think like a lot of falsetto and stuff too. And it's, it just didn't, I didn't really connect with it. Just, it just feels like the, like, LARPing theme song, you know? <laughs> and so it's just, I'm like, I don't, you know, you like what you like. I'm no hate to LARPers, but <laughs> it's not, not my area. So. I think with these songs, the thing I'm having to train myself with is these songs, especially something like The Duelist or Mariner, or something like that, or, or Lost for Words, it's about the journey, not the destination. It's about kind of riding the waves and just like whoa they're doing five minutes because this song the duelist is like one minute of vocals like five minutes of instrumental one minute of vocals which is like a baffling like song structure like that's not like how usual songs happen basically but like it's it's kind of just like letting yourself like letting go of just like any of that like just like this is not how a song works and just like kind of like letting it like, I don't know. It's I, I, I do think the duelist is a double beat from Flash of the Blade. 
a little bit. It, it is like kind of the same message a little bit. Diana, what's a low light? I would I would probably just I would say the the duelist is my low light, and I I kind of said it earlier, but yeah, the last track kind of doesn't doesn't really do it for me. But I think you guys brought up a really interesting point about like if it was maybe mid album, it might hit a little bit different. I think for me personally, when I was reaching the end of the album, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. This was like a pretty brief listen overall and like you know I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel on this one and then you get to that last song and you're really in for kind of a long ride so as far as like the momentum and stuff maybe I it would have I would have enjoyed that a little bit more like mid-album but with like my headspace and where it was I it was a little bit of a low light for me despite like the appreciate I really do like appreciate the creativity and like craftsmanship of like this music like it's very obvious that they're talented writers and everything is very carefully crafted but sometimes it can be hard for me to like distinguish what's like just not my thing and what I am not sure is like good music I guess that can be difficult to to try to distinguish when I'm not used to articulating my thoughts on music as much so that's hard it's hard. Yeah, it's fun. It's hard. It's fun. It's hard. Sean, what, what what's a low light for you? It was it was really only the duelists. Um, yeah. Other than that, like, I really liked most of these songs. Actually, I don't know. Again, I felt like the the low light for me was just like a lot of the songs do sound very similar. Like we talked about at the beginning, like I couldn't really hear any of these songs and be like, oh, this is like that song really. But other than that, no, I, I did enjoy it, like, as a whole album. Like, I enjoyed listening to it. It pumped me up. Be a good workout album. But other than that, it's, like, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Uh, any other any other share observations before we get into final thoughts and ratings? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, way more about craft than I ever would have thought prior. Like, these are guys who just know a lot, not only about just the the variable subjects they're singing about, but also like how to play their instruments. I think for a long time listening to rock, it was also like indistinguishable to me who knew how to play an instrument and who was kind of faking being good at playing an instrument. And the more I listened to it, I'm like, oh, these guys are amazingly talented versus like, I mean, I listen to it. My mom really loves the Ramones. I have a lot of love for the Ramones too, but the main critique of them is that they really only know how to do like three things. And it's like, oh yeah, that is true. Actually, they're not actually very good, but they're fun. They got the spirit. Those boys sure got the spirit. They have that they do. Yeah, these guys don't seem that like complicated. They don't seem like... This is they don't, this doesn't seem like a like you were saying a means to process their pain really like like oh I'm so tortured and angry and I have to put it in the music it's just it's like how uh, just like they seem like smart guys with like weird passions and stuff like that like so let's uh, get through final thoughts and ratings the way this works is we'll rate this album out of ten a fun metric at the end I'll go first I think this is um pretty good. I, I definitely like it definitely opened my mind up to metal and rock music more. I, and some of the lyrics of these songs are really cool and interesting. And like I, it's saying something like kind of I like that they have a take. I like that they have like, um, you know, perspective, a perspective and a take while also like not like so, not and not again, not that there's anything wrong with like art that does this either. Just but like not completely like 
dragging us down into like their, the depths of their sadness or whatever like that. Like these are these are guys who are just who just want to have fun. And this album feels like it feels like you know the, the thing they sell at the gas stations like liquid death, where it's just like a like a hardcore like like bottle of water like a can of water that looks like a beer like it looks like a monster energy drink but it's just like water inside it's like it's a hilarious bit it feels like that it feels like you it like looks pretty hardcore when you look at it and then when you open it it's like it's water it's good for you it's like kind of it's it's a beneficial and stuff like that and then it also feels like chewing a pack of five gum right after too uh, so like you're like you're having this intense like uh experience but not too intense that you're like I want to die. So I'm going to get this seven leather stripy pants out of 10. I'll go then. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I listened to it like twice. Basically I enjoyed it both times. Again, it's a little samey. I think that's just kind of the nature of metal, but it did give me a greater appreciation for, like we said, the craftsmanship and their just ability to play their instruments. Well, I think, yeah, I think a lot of, like, metal and hardcore gets a bad rap because A, it gets, like, ridden off for being just, like, angry and punk, basically. But, yeah, there's a lot of heart to it and craftsmanship and instrument instrumental proficiency. And I think this album kind of demonstrates that well. But, yeah, I don't think I'll, like, I would maybe listen to it if I was going to the gym or something to pump me up. But other than that, I don't. I don't see it having a place in my life really um, any more than that. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Like, I, I did enjoy it. It was fun. Uh, made cooking a little bit better. Yeah, other than that, I won't be coming back to it probably. So I'll give it seven ghosts that live in my veins out of ten. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect, like I said, because really I only know Iron Maiden from, like, graphic tees sold at Kohl's and Target. But that said, I, I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of it. I really liked Power Slave, Back in the Village, and Two Minutes to Midnight. And I'm definitely going to return to those as far as, like, songs off of it. The rest, not really my thing, but that's okay. And I can definitely respect it for, like, you know, what it is. And I, I had a good time, too, looking at, like, live performances and stuff and seeing sort of, like, the theatrics of the way that like they per- perform it in front of an audience and stuff. So yeah, all of that said, I would give it six and a half heavy metal himbos out of 10. I also enjoyed my listens to this album. And I think like a lot of music I've gotten into over the past couple of years, it's going to take me a, a longer time to continue to understand it and it's sort of brethren and how and when I listen to it, but I feel much more open-minded and I don't know, excited about metal having listened to it. I give it eight out of 10 minutes to midnight. Wow. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the good, good description for it because kind of dipping your, t- like for me and for like uh Sean and Diana, like in you, it's like, I think it's like kind of a means to like dip our toe into like this cold water pool basically. And then over time, like, entering it and like kind of like oh i'm used to this now i know what to expect and i think that would be cool like i I think i think this is just like the first step so like this is not a like yeah i'm glad we did it this is our first metal yeah so i'm glad we did yeah but yeah (laughs) let's get into our i've been meaning to listen to that and we did playlist uh the part of the show where we put some songs on our playlist and they could be related to the album or they could not and uh so yeah who would like to go first i can go first 
I've already, I know what I'm going to put on. And that's going to be Mustang by Barty Strange. Quick. Yeah, I, th there's no tie to the album, really. I'm just getting into like another big, heavy Barty Strange phase, who's like a newer artist. I saw him towards the end of last year live, and he like blew me away. Really great mix of like hip hop, rock, indie, just a like a conglomerate of genres. And he has just a really great voice, a lot of fun, very powerful. So check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I got to throw on the playlist Blood on the Leaves by Kanye West. Click. So let's get on with it. We could have been somebody. Said you had to tell somebody. Let's take it back to the first party. Um, the song, like, uh, like these days he's being an, an abhorrent person, but I think like this album is like, um, this album is like a masterpiece and like this, I, I it kind of has that same like symphonic, like mo they have movements. This song has movements to it. Like it starts with the Nina Simone sample and then it gets into like the bassy, like, like, dun, 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 like kind of thing. And then it like there's this beautiful piano section and then at the end it's this like really lonely sad angry like cry of just like like broken after a divorce and stuff like that i think it's really smart really like uh, and also applying some of that metal philosophy into like something more modern and stuff like that so i think that's awesome so okay who would like go next i'll go i've been this is no, has nothing to do with iron maiden i've been listening to a lot of tuva stirka I've been like mispronounced. I, I'm always like Tove Strike, but uh, Tuva Stierka, and I think it's Tuva Low. I like both. Van of Hoffner. I know. It's like, I, <laughs> if anyone, like, I get the right to be able to do this. But I like both the sort of Tuvas in pop right now, but I was getting back into Tuva Stierka's album Sway from 2018, which has a song I love called Mistakes. But then I got into what I then learned was the like main single off that, which I had never heard before, which is Say My Name. Click. Okay, uh, Diana, we turn to you now. My song this week is The Death of Pop by The Rub. Click. I picked it just because it's like, it's just one of my favorite songs. It's like a really cathartic little like kind of pop rock indie rock jam about music of like a bygone era and watching music that you love like you know fall into obscurity even if it's pop so I don't know felt a little bit appropriate but also just any opportunity to like put that song out there and like you know give it another listen is worth it for me so yeah oh yeah so yeah that's our episode thank you so much Fran you're so smart it's like really like really mind-boggling really like it's just like really <laughs> oh. yeah it's Thank you. Thank you so much for suggesting this album. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to kind of put out there? I'll plug Fran Magazine on Substack because it's new and it's hot. Uh, and then if, I'll always plug Brightwell Darkroom. I have an essay on the souvenir part two, which will make no sense to anyone who reads it if they haven't seen it. And it's also like a sequel to a movie not a lot of people have seen. So you don't even have to read me, but there's a ton of great writing on that site overall. So you, it's hard to find something you won't like. And then there's law school, like your podcast, like you do sometimes. Oh yeah. Law school. Law school is sort of 
oft oft neglected but beloved podcast I do with my friend Caroline Simons on the filmography of Jude Law. We'll be back this year at some point. We need to we need to find some stuff to cover. I mean, uh, we're not even done. We're just we need to figure out a direction to go in. <laughs> Diana, anything? What's what's? Uh, oh yeah, you you have socials, social handles, and stuff like that. Yeah, you can follow me at three th- a.m. Diana on Instagram um, or. There may be ghosts on Instagram. So if you want to see where things are at with my indie movie and catch up on our world tour, which is just Sweden right now, <laughs> you can definitely check that out. Uh, there may be ghosts. I'm also working on... There'll be more. There'll be more. <laughs> I'm working on theremaybeghosts.com too right now. It's just like, like, don't go to it because it's just like a splash page of like a <laughs> template. But I bought the domain name on a whim, and I've been working on that slowly wow. but steadily. So, yeah, we'll have a proper website soon once I get my life together a little bit more. But, yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, you can follow me at Andre Lee on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Sean at a Diabetic Twink on Instagram. You can follow the show at IBMTLTT on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Get, rate us on iTunes. That would really help. Yeah, every dollar, every rating we get. Rating and review we get, like, we donate a dollar to Chicago Freedom School, so that's fun. And thank you so much, Fran. Do you have a song you would like to play us out with? Like, that you could pick any song. It could be, like, kind of just, it could be from this album. It could be from... In the world? Yeah, in the world. Just, like, to, like, yeah, play us Let's out go with. go off on Billy, Billy Joel's Zanzibar. Always good. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Diana. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Sean. You so much. This is so fun. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, and let's... Uh, yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, let's have a good day. Click. Click.